what you call singing rough. Wade in the water, maybe staples. That's what Tina Turner said. That's what you call singing rough right there. Shout out to oh Mavis Staples. Shout out to She's her. She's the soundtrack of the whole civil rights movement. She is the soundtrack of the whole civil rights movement. Hey everyone. We're going to get into a day three Black History Boot Camp. It's your girl, Vanessa and Morgan. But before we get into it, I have to say, I was listening to that song last night, Morgan. You know this from the story of Harriet Tubman, that that is one of the spirituals that people like historians believe was used as a spiritual covertly to guide people to freedom. And when I was listening to it last night, I was listening to some of the testimonies that have been coming in from around the world, from Instagram, from every place. And I was like, yes, come on and wade in the water, wherever you are, black woman, wherever you are, ally, man, whoever, wherever you are calling in from, it's like Morgan, people are wading into the water and finding freedom. We are getting into day three of the boot camp and it's just been overwhelming the good news of this last couple of days it's been overwhelming so that song inspired me last night but do you remember hey little walter (laughs) (laughs) i remember but look some of these people on this call might not remember it was just the same song but with some better new lyrics that wasn't quite so sad that's They were. They were. They were. How are you doing today, day three of the prayer edition of boot camp? Listen, God is working on me, Vanessa. Every day I wake up and sin, and every day I ask for forgiveness, and every day I'll be forgiven right in time for this boot camp. (laughs) Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you for everybody who sent me relationship advice and articles. (laughs) Appreciate it. I got so many quizzes and listen, shout out. That's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> now, Denise Handy in Mississippi, the organizer of Mississippi, who we both love so much, sent me that um, love languages thing. She was like, you probably need to go ahead and do this. And her and her baby <laughs> looking so cute. They be looking so they do. cute on they Instagram. Do. They, do. Yeah. they do. They are relationship goals. They be re- exercising together, doing the races together. Look, I feel like Girl Chuck maybe had a hand in that. Girl Chuck be guiding women towards their divine partners. Look, and the divine partners be showing up and showing out. So, 
Oh, Vanessa, I'm doing great. Okay, so I have a testimony. I have a victory report, actually. Last night, yes. it was my time to leave Bible study. So I had to go into Morgan Dixon, teacher from South Atlanta High School. I had to get serious because them ladies don't play in my Bible study. I led the uh-huh. thing, and I had asked for prayer for boot camp for my Bible study like a week before. And I said, if you guys want to join boot camp, fine, right? Like, I would really love that if everybody joined boot camp. But, you know, you don't want to be advertising any of your stuff like that. So half of the people in book club, more of them joined. And one sister left a testimony on the Bible study group. And I was like, I got to play this for people. It's, I feel like it's such a powerful testimony of what happens when you invite your friends into your life. And so I was just like, thank God, if we can all just invite our like friends and family, like maybe we could have more of this. I wanted to play the testimony for y'all today. It's a sister named Sam. She actually is a Harvard student. She's in my Bible study and she's awesome. So hold on, let's play it. Beautiful ladies of God. I have to tell you something this morning that you guys blessed me tremendously last night. So Morgan Dixon, praise to you for your first facilitation of Bible study because honestly, you had me in tears while I was driving home from the office, from somebody's office I'm squatting in. Um, you had me absolutely in tears and just recognizing some of the, the trauma and pain that I simply just keep moving through, keep pushing through, because that's what I've seen the women in my family do. And I've admire that. But I know that they have pain and I know that they have so much love to give, but they have to accept the pain that does exist. Now, where am I coming from this morning? I have to tell everyone on this call that it is Honestly, it's my winning season, so I need to just let you in on that little secret right now. It is my winning season, and everything attached to me wins. So each and every one of you need to know that. I'm declaring it now. I'm doing this this boot camp, this 21-day boot camp, and I am so moved right now. I'm on a walk this morning. It's the first time that I've had an opportunity to walk with Girl Trek. I started on Monday. However, I had work commitments that I was doing on my walk, so... Uh, Uh, practicing for pitches and what have you. So today I actually was walking with the podcast and it was the most amazing experience. So if you haven't done it, I encourage each of you to do it and share it, share it, share it wide with your friends. Now, second thing, I also have to just let each of you in on another secret because I've known this since I've known each and every one of you that it is your winning season. Like you guys are prayer warriors. You are amazing amazing children of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are, for all intents and purposes, the very best of anything I ever dreamed to be. I just need you guys to know that today and know that you are loved. I have raised each of your names in prayer. Well done. Kudos to you. She she started prophesying to everybody in the Bible club. That's all I'm saying. This is what can happen in your life. I was just so moved by that, Vanessa. I was like, listen, I don't even know this woman like that. I met her two times. I think she's amazing. Yes. So I was yes. Just so it's our winning it. season. Yes. It's our winning season. It's our winning season. I am out here in the park shouting. It is our winning season. Thank you for that testimony, sister. And if you have a testimony, if Black History Bootcamp has been working in your life, if the atmosphere has shifted, if a breakthrough has come, if a new idea has come to you, if a healing has come to you, share that love. Use hashtag Black History Bootcamp because we have got to get this together as a collective, Morgan, and this work is too important. And that's why today I'm fired up to Morgan. We're about to bring in the prayer early. I'm telling you, I'm fired up because we're talking about truth today. 
on day three of Black History Bootcamp, that it is our winning season. And our winning season starts. You unlock the season when you start to tell the truth about your life to every single person you need to tell the truth to. When you shout it from the mountaintop, when you whisper it at night to tell the truth like Anita Hill did. I'm going to break down her whole life story, Morgan. It is so powerful and what she has done. First of all, the woman is 79 years old and still looking beautiful. And I was like, how do black women do this? How do we endure that long, show up that tough, do that good of service and work and still be 79 years old and with her press and curl just looking amazing. So we are going to uplift Anita Hill today and we are going to learn from her story. But before we do that, Morgan, I, we got to bring in the prayer now in this moment of the call, because whoever has called in from wherever you are walking, let today's story and today's walk unlock for you Whatever has been silent, whatever has been dormant, whatever has been glossed over, whatever you have been swallowing and choking on. Let this walk bring forth all of that so that you can start to heal. There is no healing that does not start with you telling the truth. So we are going to bring on one of Girl Trek's most powerful prayer warriors. Um, she is a guru around helping women across this world tell their truth. She runs something called Wonder of Woman. If you caught us in any of the 20 cities that we were in last year on our Road to Selma tour, then you know her. Her name is Veronica Berry. And Veronica, if you could just lead us in prayer for a few minutes so that when we talk about Anita Hill, the message can sink in. And when we walk today, our own activation around how we could be telling the truth can be moved to the forefront. So can you please, sister, lead us in prayer? Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Morgan. I am so incredibly in just a high place vibration of love and truth this morning to receive the invitation to share this morning. I am just in awe to hear that we are raising the vibration around speaking truth to power in what I believe is an hour of truth. I think is in order. I think it's appropriate. And if I could just whisper and sometimes scream into the ears of the sisters who may be walking down the street on their walks in this moment, I just need you to know, sister, that the most powerful life is a life lived standing unapologetically in your truth. To deny your truth is to literally become your oppressor. When we deny, suppress, ignore, avoid, run, duck, dodge, and hide from our truth, sis, we literally code switch ourselves into someone else's truth. When we code switch ourselves into someone else's truth, we deny, avoid, run, duck, dodge, and hide from our power. Too many of us were raised to believe secrets and to withhold knowledge and information actually makes us more powerful. But sis, I'm here to tell you that your truth is your power. Your truth unlocks the door to your freedom, your healing, your passion, and your purpose. And guess what? You have a right to be free. To speak truth to power is to activate your God-given power in the world, in your family, in your community, in your workplace, in your vision, in your dreams, in your innermost heartfelt desires, sister. 
Anita Hill is a powerful example of what it looks like to tell the truth, what it looks like to speak truth to power. And we literally are in that hour. We are in a pandemic of lies, a lying president, lying senators, lying judges, governors, mayors, lying attorney generals, lying prosecutors, lying police, lying doctors, lying leaders. The truth about white supremacy and corruption at the very highest levels are all coming out and they all point to our black brilliance. They point to our black strength, the necessity for black love and to know our unadulterated black truth. This is the hour, sister. This is our time. This is our day when you get to say, when we get to say, truth is desperately needed. It's begging you to come out. It's pleading with you to make you free. Speak truth to the powers that be, sis. What if your truth has the power to set us all free? And so I pray, God, thank you for reminding us that we have a right to be free. Thank you for reminding us that we have everything we need to be responsible to the high place purpose and intentions you were thinking about when you co-created us in our mother's womb. Shaping, molding, and fashioning us with talents, gifts, skills, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, connections, resources, and divinely orchestrated assignments and alignments that move us, inspire us, challenge, convict, change, and motivate us to tell the truth. Not just to somebody else, but first to ourselves. First to ourselves, because when we feel it first to ourselves, we can feel it. And when we feel it, we can heal it. And when we heal it, we can be freed in it. Let us make love to the almighty power of telling the truth to ourselves so that we can tell it to somebody else. We have the power, God. Thank you. We get to speak it, God. Thank you. We get to tell it, God. Thank you for challenging us and changing our minds about telling the truth, because the truth is what happened to us did not kill us. It made us and positioned us and empowered us, God, to tell the truth. Life and death, yes, life and death are in the power of our tongues, the power of our truth when we speak it. The power of our truth will bring forth much fruit. Those who eat from it will live in healing and freedom that will take us to places we never dreamed or imagined. This is our hour to speak truth to power. And so it is. Ashe, Ashe and Amen. Amen. And so it is, Ashe and amen. And so it is, Ashe and amen. Thank you, Veronica, for that covering and that word. When I tell you, Morgan, when I tell you that it's like divine timing, right on time, the message and the covering, 
I'm trying to it's stay right on my vibration because I know what she said. Dear God, let us make love to the truth. I said, come on. I don't Look, even know what that means. Come on. <laughs> come on. said, that just blew my whole mind. Okay. I don't even yes. know where to start with that, Veronica, but I'm going to think on it. <sighs> yes. On. Let's oh, think on it. Good. Let's think on it, Morgan. Let's think on it. Let's carry that, sisters. Walk it out and listen to this story that I'm getting ready to tell you. And then Morgan and I are going to share a little bit about, I don't know, Morgan, where we struggle in our truth. What truth is. I got a bunch of questions for you, and we're going to have a meditation on some Aretha Franklin, and we're going to get you out of here on this beautiful day that the Lord has made for us. So, Morgan, I literally learned so much about Anita Hill over the last couple of days. I am like, this sister needs her flowers while she is alive. I'm talking about the Me Too movement. I'm talking about so much of the work that is being done right now to uplift the voices of women who have been marginalized. Anita Hill, for the last 30 years, has been behind that work. I'm going to tell you all a little bit about Clarice Thomas in a minute, too, because I had to go all the way down the rabbit hole, by the way, to even understand this story. And I just don't even understand. But first, let me tell you about Anita Hill. Anita Hill was born, Morgan, in Lone Pine, All you need Oklahoma. to understand is that all skin folks ain't kin folks. That's all you need look, to understand, Clarence Look, look but did you understand that he grew up speaking Gullah? And that actually, he, when he went to university, he was like, yeah, I had to stamp out that language from me. And I actually had to learn to speak. Like, it's on some crazy Ayn Rand stuff okay. this man is. I'm talking about okay. deep, deep, okay. right? It's deep. The level of I don't love my black body and black self and black culture is deep, is running deep. And the fact that those are the people who are being positioned in positions of power on Supreme Courts and Attorney Generals, like this is a setup for a takedown, but we on the top of it with this boot camp <laughs> telling the truth. You got it, Morgan, right? Let's go, right? Okay. So Anita Hill was born in Lone Tree, Oklahoma. She was the youngest of 13 children. Her family had originally come from Arkansas. Her maternal grandfather and her great-grandparents had both all been born into slavery. She was raised in Antioch Baptist Church. And I'm just saying, I ain't never been in an Antioch Baptist church that didn't tear the roof down, so I'm going to just lay that right there. Morgan, she went to Oklahoma State University. She got a bachelor's degree in psychology. She then went on to Yale Law School. She was a star. She got a Juris Doctorate there. She was admitted to the D.C. Bar in 1980, and she began her law career as an associate in D.C. for a firm that was attorney advised by none other than Clarence Thomas, who at the time was the assistant secretary of the U.S. Department of Education. I'm also needing the Department of Education to pull it together with these appointees. So when Thomas became the chairman, Morgan, he left the U.S. Department of Education and he became the chairman of the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is just put this hey, all in perspective. In 1982. Right. That's a, did you know? Right. So when Clarence Thomas became the chairman of the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in 1982, Anita Hill went with him to serve as his assistant. She then became, at the same time that she was working, by the way, this is a parallel story because our faith matters. At the same time that she was doing that, Morgan, she actually became an assistant professor at the Evangelical Christian Colborne School of Law which was part of Oral Roberts University. And she was teaching there. She had taught there from 1983 to 1986. She then joined the faculty at the University of Oklahoma College of Law. This is all important because she has receipts. I have to stop there to let y'all know, this is a woman whose great-grandparents and grandparents were both born into slavery from Arkansas. She's the youngest of 13 children in Oklahoma. She goes to Oklahoma State, goes to Yale, she is a star. She graduates, passes the bar, and she follows Clarence Thomas 
who also is a star at the Equal Employment Opportunity Office to do this work. So this woman has receipts and a storied career. Clarence Thomas Morgan, this is a side note, he was born in Pinpoint, Georgia, a black community that was right near Savannah. It was actually founded by freed men. So we gotta know our history, we gotta understand it. After the American Civil War, so he was born in a town that was founded by freed men outside of Savannah, the second of three children. He had a life actually of hardships, the descendants of slaves, and throughout that region were speaking the Gullah language. So he had a firsthand account himself of the struggles of black folks, and he arrived in D.C. as an attorney with a belief system that he said that was about pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. So this was the man. Side, who let me give ready. a sidebar on Gullah Please. for people who don't know what yes. Gullahs are. So the people who refer to themselves as Gullah and sometimes refer to themselves as Geechee, although it may be sometimes inappropriate. It depends on who you talk to, who's from that community, live on the sea islands that are both in South Carolina and Georgia and even in Florida. And they came over from one specific area of Africa. And they were brought because of their expertise in farming in, in land that was run over by water, essentially. So they could do rice farming, indigo farming that kind of thing. And so because they all came from the same region with this specific, specific expertise in this specific kind of farming, they were able to keep their culture and their language intact. And so if you go to the Sea Islands now, like Kiowa Island or St. Helena Island or any of the Sea Islands, you will see a beautiful culture that looks very African and where people speak a language called Gullah that sounds very African as well is a derivative, is a pidgin language that is a mix between, say, tree or a different African language. So they're still living there today and they're beautiful, beautiful people. So, yeah, so that's it. So if you ever saw yeah. Daughters of the Dust, that was on a sea island. I think it was Dawsonski Island that that was filmed. And that was about the Gullah culture. Yes, and it is really, really beautiful down there, and the food is absolutely amazing. So I actually love that backdrop that you just gave, even around the Gullah, because I think it puts everything into perspective. When we've been telling these stories about our heroes, our foremothers, our ancestors, our living legends, even like when we tell the story of Harriet Tubman, like, let's remember that these are flesh and blood people. So you have Anita Hill, who has worked her way up, come from Oklahoma, and her and Clarence Thomas, both who went to Yale, by the way, are here in D.C., and they're working, Black folks trying to do what they can do. Morgan, at the time that Anita Hill was called to testify in the confirmation hearing for Clarence Thomas, she was only 35 years old. I stared at her picture so much. She had her hair laid. She had her lip gloss on. She had this teal suit. She had her arm raised. And all I could see was our grandmothers who had clean houses and been harassed where they couldn't speak up. Our aunties who showed up in office buildings and you know were getting harassed and couldn't say nothing. Like I literally saw like in her face, like every single black woman in that moment. And she had a- Or our great, great grandmothers. Vanessa, yes. our great great grandmothers who were legally owned and who were raped who were legally owned so that their babies could expand the empire of a slave master. Let's actually talk about what has happened to black women and how her standing yes. there with her hand raised was this kind of super imposition of every with single so pain much that grace. we have experienced. Yes. Yes, yes, yes super yes. imposition with so much grace that I was just like, This is supernatural. And Morgan, let me tell you why. She was standing there. This is October 1991. 
Americans all over the country were riveted by the spectacle of what was happening on television. It was broadcast all over the world. They said that there was live every day for the three days of the confirmation hearing morning. More than 20 million viewers from across the country had their eyes fixed on her. And she was in a room, Morgan, where she was standing in front of an all-white, all-male Senate Judiciary Committee chaired by none other than Joe Biden, which we may or may not get into in a minute, although Anita Hill says she's voting for Joe Biden. And they were questioning her, Morgan, and they were grilling her. And while they were grilling her across the country, people were furious at her, furious that she had dared to delay the march to confirm Clarence Thomas to the Supreme Court. She was branded everything from delusional she, they said that she was a bitter prude. Some people said that she was a sexual deviant. People were coming to her house, that she was getting desperate. This woman was villainized in every way you could imagine. And I want you to juxtapose that right now with the cries every single day of trust Black women. I want us to imagine that 30 years ago, we had saw that woman with her hand up carrying the grace and the spirit of our grandmothers, and we had just trusted and believed her, and that Senate Judiciary Committee had actually acted appropriately in the way that they should have. We may not even have been in the space we are right now. Imagine the suffering that could have been avoided over the last 30 years, Morgan, if we had trusted and even believed Anita Hill in that moment. It's just mind-boggling for me to really even think about. Shout out to Tarana, who tells her beautiful story. Yes. Tarana Burke, who's the founder and creator of the Me Too movement that in many ways got co-opted by white Hollywood. But Tarana held it strong. And she also is such an example, a powerful example of what it looks like to tell your truth and to show up in your truth. Yes. I've never seen yeah. a woman so confident in just every single ounce of who she is. And so her whole Me Too movement may have been avoided if we had listened to just a few of the accounts a generation before of what it was like to be a woman and to be in a position where there's somebody who has power over you in that way. Yeah. And right now, even as we talk, I'm asking and praying that God cover and protect the women who are in unsafe situations, who by the end of this walk or talk won't have found their voice or won't have the safety that they deserve. I'm praying for those women because it is hard. So Morgan, Anita Hill, this 35-year-old Black woman is standing there in front of this all-white male Senate Judiciary Committee. And she is telling them in detail. And I even remember this. I was really young, but it was uncomfortable at the time because this is a time before television as we know it today. And it was like, oh, is she being graphic? I remember there were all of these news commentators talking about her talking about that he was in the office every day talking about large-breasted women, and he was talking about a porn star and how he had pubic hair on his Coke can. And like there were some details that it made people uncomfortable. And yet she sat there and said it, not even blinking, just like, no, let me break this down for you because I'm experiencing this at work by this man who you are getting ready to confirm to the highest court in the land to cast moral judgment and decisions over how we are policed and how our laws are. And so she did not flinch. It was the American public that flinched because we are so uncomfortable, Morgan, with hard truths. We are so uncomfortable with special sexual conversations when women are speaking out. And so that discomfort and to watch her grace. But also that was a black female sexuality. Yes. It's, it's, yes. it's also one other level of black women talking about sexuality in a way where they are not a victim, but yes. in a way where they are empowered. That makes people feel uncomfortable for whatever reason. It's yes. Yes. 
And so she talked about how she had actually even she had friends in the office. There was a woman named Ellen Wells, and they both knew Clarence Thomas, and they were working in with Senator John Darfork. And she said that actually when she talked to them about this, and just imagine, they were like, okay, well, maybe change your perfume. Maybe do this. Maybe do that. And Morgan, that conversation brought me to something that I just saw on Instagram that broke my MF, and if I were cussing, I would say it hard. There was a meme that said, and I felt this in my bones because I grew up in one of those houses where it was like, don't wear that, don't do this, don't wear lipstick, don't wear makeup, where it was implied that I was being too grown as a little girl and that I had to be conscientious. And this, this woman posted and she was like, I'm going to tell every man to get up out of my house before I tell my daughter she got to change her clothes. Because the idea that some little girl needs to change her clothes or change her behavior so that she can feel safe in her home is absurd. And the idea that we are policing little black girls like this in this way is absurd. And the idea that Anita Hill or any other woman who has experienced sexual harassment or sexual violence could change our clothes, change our behaviors, change our perfume, and follow all of a sudden avoid the violence, it's absurd. It's absurd, and especially for parents and mothers, because this is rampant in the Black community. We don't do that to our baby girl. Don't do that to them. Let them wear what they want. Like in their own house, especially, you can't be comfortable. It broke my heart. So these, these people in this office of the Senator Morgan were telling Anita Hill, you know, change your perfume, change all this stuff. And she's like, no, no, I'm not going to do this. So this testimony and this story that she had, she was not going to share this, y'all. She wasn't going to share it. She was like, the ridicule is going to be too much. The questioning is going to be too much. People will not believe me. But she was like, I had to. I was called in that moment. And so she showed up, Morgan, with a Bible in her hand that she had brought from home. And she said, I prayed that day. And I just said, I am going to speak the truth over these next three days. And that is what she did. The outcome of that truth, Morgan, we all know. Clarence Thomas was confirmed. I think the vote was like 13 to 1 or something like He was confirmed. He sits on the bench today. But Anita Hill's work, and she says this today, she actually right now is actually leading a lot of the work. This is beautiful that you even brought Tarana's name up, Morgan. I don't actually know if you know this, but Anita Hill is actually the chair of the Hollywood Commission, and she is actually leading the Me Too work that is happening in Hollywood, in addition to being a professor at Brandeis University. So she suffered a defeat right there, but she continued to do work. And actually, immediately after she did that testimony, all across the country, women started to come forward with their stories. Of course, he vehemently denied everything. He said that it was a high-tech lynching of uppity blacks. I'm going to let you go ahead and comment on that in a moment, Morgan. He said it was just flat-out perjury. He didn't appreciate folks coming for him. He didn't appreciate what was happening, but she stayed her course. And what happened, Morgan, is a month after Clarence Thomas was confirmed, Congress then started acting right. They passed a law extending the rights of sexual harassed victims. And the following year, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission received a 50% increase in sexual harassment complaints. State laws all across the country began to change so that anti-sexual harassment policies and programs became the norm in offices across the country. And so I want to honor that to say work was done, and that work was done on the back of Anita Hill. 
And that work was done where Anita Hill stood for all black women, told her truth, and the world looked back at her and said, we do not believe you. So today, for these 30-something minutes that we are walking, and henceforth, we believe you, Anita Hill. We always believed you, Anita Hill. And we believe you, Black women. We believe you. Yeah, I'm going to just let that one sit. I am, too. I'm thinking of all the times somebody didn't believe me. And what happens when people stop believing you is, Lord, I've had to Google gaslighting like a thousand times, let me tell you, in the last couple of weeks. Because I'm like, am I going crazy? Like when you know something to be true, like, and people consistently tell you it is not true when you know that is gaslighting. And that is the type of stuff that will break your spirit if you do not have a connection to God. If you do not understand that the Holy Spirit is running through you with every breath you take and that you source your power from them and that your truth literally is going to be the keys that unlock the freedom from some other woman. And so you have to be brave even in the face of. But it is hard, Morgan. It is hard. I would say you also have to have a support group of women who are caring and who are good listeners. Because sometimes you have to practice saying what is true because I get confused in my head because it's like, wait, am I tripping or is this what's going on? And so you almost need your sister to help you make it real. (laughs) You know what I mean? And say it and practice it and articulate it. I'm so thankful for you, Vanessa, because there's been so many times where I didn't even know my truth until I practiced articulating it with you and be like, no, that ain't it. But it's like this or I'm trying to point to how it makes me feel. I can't, like, I don't have the words for it, but like we had to just talk it through. And and then I would just say it over and over and over until it became like solid. And then I could fight with it. You understand? I mean, I could fight for myself with it. So get yourself. No, I understand. I understand what you're saying, Morgan. Look, the gratitude, it flows so deep back to you, back to so many people in this community, back to exactly what Veronica was saying in her prayer. It's actually been the hardest thing because part of what I have been struggling with is, which is what Veronica is saying, first, you got to tell the truth to yourself, right? Before you can even venture to articulate it to someone else, so many of us are telling lies to ourselves. And many of you know, I got divorced recently and I have just had to practice a deep forgiveness for myself because the lies I told myself, the things I normalized myself, the times I told myself that I was okay when I wasn't, the times I told myself this was okay when I knew it wasn't. So we have to tell self the truth. And that's where I think that God comes in and a practice of prayer comes in because when I couldn't articulate it to you, and I'm sure you could see because friends can see, when I was ashamed to articulate my truth, at least I could go in prayer and in meditation and say, God, you know, this is how I'm feeling inside. And God was working it out on my behalf all this time. You know, so you got to tell the truth to yourself, though, because your prayers can't be based on lies. Your prayers cannot be based on a, a falsehood, a mistruth. How you praying 
and directing the energy. And on the map, you ain't even in the right place. How God even going to know where to drop the blessings, right? You got to tell the no, truth. No, Vanessa, we be lying yourself. in our prayers all the time. That's, all, that's <laughs> the first thing we just know. We be saying we want stuff we ain't really ready for. We be saying, yes. you know what I mean? Like yes. our actions yes. say otherwise. We be saying, bring me a man, but then we our actions say otherwise. Or bring me a woman. Then we say that I'm okay, but you'd be looking all broken in your face because you're not okay. It's so easy to lie to God, but who do we think we are? Like at some point we're going to have to, in our quiet moments, tell the absolute specific truth of who you are, how you feel and what you need right now. Yes. The truth, the trick of it. And here's the trick of this Black History boot camp, man. When I tell you, I call Ebony this for it. I was like, God is like working in this boot camp. First of all, I was thinking of Debbie and Gary last night. They're two of our peer warriors. I was like, they would be so proud of me. I only just read John 14, the whole chapter yesterday. I stumbled upon it. But man, that chapter blew me away. And I was like, Debbie and Karen would be so proud of me. They're like, you really actually read this Bible. Like, I am the truth, the light, and the way. And I and I'm saying, by the time I actually had read the end of that chapter, I was like, oh, but actually, we can't lie to God. That was actually my reflection. You see, you think you're yeah. lying to God. We think we're lying see, to God. I have a whole but thing God knows the about truth. When that God is the truth. I have this whole yes. thing that when God oh, says, I right. am the truth, or then when God says, I the am, light God is love. Yeah. That when God says the fruit of my spirit are peace and long-suffering, patience is joy, that actually that's how you experience deliverance. That through truth, God says, I am the truth. Through telling the truth is how you find your liberation. Trust you me. Veronica can tell you who prayed. I literally stood on a microphone and said my truth to such specific details where my mama was standing right there and I said, I need a marriage that has more sex. <laughs> my mom was I was like, what is happening? Why did they say that? My mom's from the church of God in Christ. But I was feeling like I was withering, that I was withering in a suburban house. You understand what I mean? But one of the things is I actually believe that we have to learn to say it in quiet moments to ourselves. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, part of the John 14, look, this is my personal message to my friend, y'all. Look, this ain't got nothing to do with the call. It's like, how do I fold it in? I didn't have no way to fold it in, but I was like, I got to tell you this message live on the air because I was reading John 14 and I was like, oh, it was to me and you. And it must be to every single woman because we are all connected through the same energy. But I was like, man, this is a message for me and Morgan. It said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Anything in my name, I will do it. So don't be afraid to stand in your truth. Don't be afraid to ask to be healed from something that might even feel impossible. Don't be afraid to ask for a little bit of a sign about how to move forward from something that you feel stuck in. Don't be afraid to say your truth to the people who you think their feelings are going to be hurt. Do you think they're going to act a certain way? Trust, because when you ask and say your truth and say it to God, Morgan, he will respond 
he will come immediately. And that is where I was like, because the chapter goes on, it was like, how do you know? Because then the people, they were like, well, how do you know, God? This, this is a good chapter. Y'all, I need to do this on Audible and read it out loud to you. They was like, how do you know? He was like, what you mean? How do I know? Look around. My great work. What you dripping? How do you know? So I'm just here to let y'all know. How do you know? Like, how do we know that the prayers are going to be answered? Because look around. Look around us, Morgan. It is so true. That message came to me so clear last night as I was writing about Anita Hill that I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, I cannot wait to talk to everyone. I can't wait to pray about truth. I can't wait to talk about Anita Hill and I couldn't wait to talk to you. Let's practice all day telling the truth for the next 24 hours until we talk again. Wherever you are, just refuse to tell a lie to yourself. If somebody asks how you're doing, tell them for real. <laughs> tell them for real how you doing. Tell them for real. Look. If your body feels tired, lie down and rest. Because we can also lie with our bodies, right? With our action, with our willpower, with our muscle and truth. Yeah. Those yeah. are also lies. Yeah. <laughs> you know that quote that says, I don't know who says it, Alice Walker, maybe Toni Morrison, maybe Audrey Lord. But it says if they wanted you to write about you differently, they should have acted differently is essentially um, what it boils down to. Like, I have had to live that so much in my life. To say even your truth might be different than somebody else's, that is okay. Like, I have had such a hard time with people in my life who are like, I hurt you, but this. I did this, but this. And I'm just like, that is not the truth of what I experienced. And I don't care how you feel about it. Like, that is not the truth of what I actually even experienced. And you should have acted differently if you wanted me to think differently, feel differently, behave differently. So just know that you may face some opposition even today, Morgan. I love that call to action. I tried to wake up this morning and be brave and tell the truth on some other little stuff. And I was, like, trying to work up the courage like a cartoon. <laughs> it was a mess. I had my chest all puffed out. It didn't work. I was weak. I was weak. I am weak. No, you I just together, yes, girl. <laughs> You said good. We were on a call earlier. Vanessa was like, I just have to tell you that last week when you said, and this is the way it made me feel. I was sorry. I wasn't even talking about that, but you are right. I, was, I thank God that God led us to have that conversation. I appreciate you so much. God is working on our friendship so deeply that I know it must be because he is preparing us for a higher season. Even these boot camp calls. Good. For the last two years of our work, we have not been able to have conversations like we have wanted to because of all sorts of the demands of the day. And I was like, God brought us back to this boot camp so that we could have conversations even to prepare us for the next yeah. season of this work. So I'm grateful yeah. for all of this. And thank you for just being my friend. Thank you for letting me stand in my truth. Thank you for holding space when I couldn't speak my truth. Thank you for just living your truth so boldly and giving me an example. And ladies, please, women, men, wherever you are, if you need an example, it is at Girl Trek. It is with Girl Trek. So tag a friend and tag them in for tomorrow's conversation and tomorrow's walk. Please, please, please do it. Oh, Morgan, we got a good walk and meditation to close us out. That's good. Let's get to it. It's holy, holy. It's Aretha Franklin, y'all. Think and meditate on your truth. Let her words get all the way into your bones. And we will see you back here live tomorrow, 12 Eastern time.
Right now. 